0: Welcome to the LDS Military Members Podcast. This podcast was created for military members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, their families, and those who support them. We welcome all who want to drop in for a listen, and we hope you enjoy the stories, advice, helps, and tips that this community offers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about Some of the feedback we've gotten, um, a lot of good feedback, uh, especially towards the guests who have come on and shared some of their experiences and some of the information that they have, um, what with real estate, homeschooling, um, different locations, um, just their experiences in the military. And one of the questions that keeps coming back up is, is with the good feedback A lot of people said they'd be happy to come on to the podcast and share their experiences, but they don't feel like they have much to share. And really, I couldn't be further from the truth because everybody has a story in the military or growing up as a member or converting to become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Everybody has something worth sharing because there's always somebody out there that could benefit from what you have. So whether you want to talk about your favorite duty station or a challenging time you had in the military, your job, um, your career in the military, how you support military members, um, an experience that you had converting while you were in the military or or ROTC, whatever it is, somebody out there would love to hear you share your your experience so I want to invite everybody to come on and do that. You can reach out to me, uh, send me a, a direct message in the group. Um, perhaps the easiest way to get me is just shoot me a quick email at lds.militarymembers at gmail.com. So please come on and share. Um, it's just a podcast for the group, but everybody loves to listen um, to different experiences in the military because they are finding their way through it. Um, oftentimes on their own, and they could use a little bit of uh, feedback on what others have experienced. So I just wanted to throw that out there to start off with. Thanks, everybody who's given me the feedback um, on the podcast so far. Again, it's just for the group. It's nothing special, so don't feel you have to have extensive experience in interviews or, or you have to be the absolute expert on something to come on and share. It is actually a lot of fun, and I've gotten to meet a lot of very uh, really cool people that that have shared with us some stuff that I never would have thought of, and I love sitting down and talking to them. So, if you have um, even the slightest uh, bit of desire, please reach out. Let me know, and we'll get you on. Um, so today I wanted to change things up just a little bit because everybody in the military has an experience along the way that they can look back to and. They're what I call testimony build, builders. Uh, regardless of if it's if, if you're in the military or if, if you have a civilian career, a traditional career, or you're doing something to support, everybody in their life has these testimony building experiences. Mine happens to be, I have a very strong one that I always look back to that was directly related to my life in the military. And I wanted to share that today, just give kind of expand the topics and give give some people some insight on some of the things that we can share. And I thought this experience, it, it means a lot to me, so I thought I'd share it just in case um, it helps somebody out, because I know I've, I've heard a lot of people with similar type experiences, and I always found them fascinating. So this happened to me and my family, so I hope you enjoy it, or hope you enjoy listening to it, and, and perhaps you get something out of it. Um, so back in 2008, me and my family were stationed in Millen Hall, England. And I was enlisted, young enlisted, uh, Air Force member. So we didn't have money, um, pouring out of our pockets and our wallets. Uh, we had enough, but not a lot to spare. So for a family of five, going back home to visit family was quite the ordeal. There was a lot of money uh, that would have to be saved up. Um, I, I had to leave right That's the easy one to come by, but five plane tickets from England back to Utah can be quite qu- quite expensive. so I had a I had a deployment coming up. I was going to be deploying to Iraq and we wanted to go visit family before I did and so without a whole bunch of money to buy the plane tickets. We looked into the possibility of taking a hop or going, going space A on a military aircraft. Fortunate for us being stationed at a, at a at Milner Hall, they have the KC-135s, and these are the uh, air-to-air refueling aircraft. So anytime one of those flies, there's usually space available for civilians, military members and their families to fly fly space A. So we looked into it, and they had a pretty regular schedule going to Fairchild um, Air Force Base up in Washington. So you could get a hop from England to Washington State, and then just rent a car for the week and drive down and and visit family. And we thought, that's perfect for us, because I wouldn't have to buy commercial airline tickets for five people. And since it was kind of a regular schedule, I could plan my leave with... Fair, fair amount of certainty that I would be able to get back um, at a set time, so I planned out my leave, and we started watching. We check in at the, or I'd, I'd swing by the the air terminal there on uh, on Mildenhall Air Force Base and check the schedule, and it 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 did look like it was pretty regular after I checked it for a while just to make sure. I kind of learned the system how you go about it and when you're supposed to show up and um, how how many people usually go so I did a little bit of research to make sure that we'd be okay so uh, I, I took leave and we were all set to go we packed our bags and we went over to the terminal and it went very smoothly got on our flight headed over to Fairchild kids absolutely loved it um, they were able to get up and walk around um, the crew was great. They took them down and let them see out the windows at the bottom of the aircraft that the, uh, the crew usually lays down there so they can operate the boom when they're refueling the aircraft. So my kids got to see the icebergs and, and everything while we were flying over. So it was, it was an incredible experience for them. They really enjoyed it. And we got to Fairchild and got a rental car and went home to visit family. So what made this visit even more important, besides the fact that I had a deployment coming up, um, my dad had been sick. So he, he had been diagnosed with leukemia. So he had been sick. Um, wasn't real horribly, over, overly concerning. Um, so I, we went home. We got to visit with my, my dad, hung out with him. And the kids got to visit cousins and grandmas and, and do all that fun stuff. And it was really, it was a, a, a really good trip. Uh, and then uh, after the trip was over, I guess you'd say, we, we piled back into the car and drove back up to Washington. And we had billeting set up there on base. So we stayed the night in in billeting and turned our car in the next day and and got a ride over to the terminal where we were going to fly back home. Well, we we waited in the terminal. We bought our little... Um, the lunches that you, you, sometimes they have available to buy so you can have food on the plane and whatnot, and we we're there waiting for, for the time to come. So, um, they came out and they got us and we, we all went and we boarded, uh, the plane. There was two other families aside from us making their way back over to, to Mildenhall. And we settled in on the plane into the little jump seats on the side and we waited And we waited and we waited (laughs) and it it soon became obvious that there, there was something going on. Um, We didn't leave on time and it was maybe an hour, hour, maybe it could have been even two hours. It seemed like forever. We were sitting on this plane waiting to go. And then finally, one of the crew members came back and they said, unfortunately, uh, there is a problem with the aircraft. Now, The plane and the crew um, were able to fly, but the problem was to the effect that they couldn't take passengers. So the mission was still going to go, but we all had to get off the plane and we didn't have a ride back. So that was the first um, signal to me that this trip just got interesting. right? Um, So my options at that point, I started thinking about everything. I'm going to have to come up with, Um, five commercial plane tickets which I can't afford Um, we don't have a room for tonight we don't even have a car to leave the terminal so uh, I started getting a little anxious what am I gonna do so we got down off of the plane and back into the terminal and people started making phone calls for making arrangements finding rental cars um, doing whatever they could and We, found, we through making the phone calls, we all realized that there was no rental cars available. People couldn't find rental cars unless you wanted to pay, you know, for the big family suburban, which was a little out of my price range. Um, but there, there was really no rental cars. And then shortly after that, we found out there was no billeting. Uh, billeting was full for the night, so there was there wasn't even a place to stay on base. So I didn't have a car to get off base. Um, didn't have money to rent a suburban for the week. Um, so I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And we started getting frustrated, um, me especially trying to take care of everybody. I for sure wasn't looking forward to trying to round up some money to, to, to buy the plane tickets, even if I had it. Um, so I started getting frustrated, and of course, when when in, anytime you get frustrated, you always start praying. And so I had that prayer running through my through my mind for help. And everybody, kids started getting hungry, and and we had left the little box lunches on the plane. So, in order to to kind of keep the kids from getting too Restless, I decided. Well, first thing I need to do is I need to feed the kids. So there's a Burger King on Fairchild, and it's it's a little bit of a walk from the terminal. So I told my wife, I said, "Stay here with Joey. He was he was the youngest, and I'll take the girls and we'll walk over to Burger King and we'll get, I'll get, I'll just get some chicken nuggets and stuff and and I'll bring them back." And so we start walking over to Burger King, and halfway there, we're walking across this grass. <laughs> And I learned my lesson, right? Don't walk on the grass on a military installation. So we're walking across the grass. We're cutting across um, to go to Burger King. And just as I'm getting frustrated with what am I going to do, the sprinkler's turned on. (laughs) So that's just how it goes, right? When you're down, you're down. And so the water got us all soaking wet, and we ran. and, And finally, we made it over to Burger King. And at this time, I had really worked myself up into almost panic. I need a place to stay for my family. I need to find uh, either either staying in Fairchild for a week, uh, which I couldn't really afford, buy five plane tickets for my family, which I really couldn't afford, find a rental car if I could find one because they didn't seem to have any, um, and then go back down to Utah. So I didn't really have any good options. And I was feeling pretty low. And I walk into the Burger King, and for some reason, I noticed a guy sitting off to the side, him and, and his wife sitting there. I could just see the back of him, but I knew instantly I, I recognized him. And it was Mike Kegley. He'll probably never hear this, and he probably never knows what impact he had on my life. But Mike Kegley was sitting there, and he I had been stationed with him at Milton Hall, and he recently PCS'd or, or got stationed at Fairchild. And so I walk up just to say Hi. And he was incredibly nice, um, nicest guy you could ever meet. And he asked me what I was doing there, if I had, if if I was stationed there now. And we kind of got to talk, and I told him my situation. And without even batting and I, he said, "I got you. Just stay with us. We have spare room at the house. Don't worry about it. You have a place to stay. Um, just get your family, bring them over there." We and he started giving me the address, and and he realized real quickly I didn't even have a car, right? So he said. Oh, He made a call to his work. He said, I'll be back in two hours. I got to take care of another, another fuels guy. He's in a bind. Uh, I'll be back in about two hours. So he drove over, drove us over to, to the terminal, picked up my family. um, Incredibly sweet guy, uh, took us to his house, dropped us off, gave us a key. And he said, anything in the house, like feel free. It's yours. So we had a place to stay for the night and I was very, very grateful it gave me time to kind of reassess what I wanted to do at least gave me gave me a night of reprieve from my worries so to speak at least we had a roof over our heads so uh the next morning he was still very very gracious took me over to the airport and dropped me off so that I could figure out try and get a rental car and then he he dropped me off there and he went he went to work so i go in to get a rental car at the airport and there's only one lady at the counter. There's about five different rental car places, but there's only one that has a, a lady at the counter. And I walk over um, to her and I ask her if there's any possible way at all that, that she could help us find a rental car. And she started looking through the system. And, of course, uh, what I thought was going to happen happened. And she said there's there's no rental cars available Um don't know what was going on at that time in in, in the Spokane area, but there, there was just nothing available um, that wasn't already reserved. So obviously disappointed. I didn't I didn't know what to do. I was frustrated. Um, she could tell I was frustrated, but there's nothing much she could do. And so I just kind of just kind of hung around. I, I didn't even have a ride or anybody to pick me up um, from the airport. And I I, I, I didn't want to stay at Mike's house for the week. I'm sure he would have been willing, but just really frustrated. And again, I had that prayer going through my mind. Please help me um, figure something out. And so after about 10 minutes of me just kind of standing around the counter, not knowing what to do, uh, she came back and she asked um, if if everything was okay, if there's anything else that she could do for me. He said, no, I, I, I just, I'm trying to get home. Um, we're stuck here and I'm trying to get back home to just visit my family. And she asked me, where's, where's home? Just kind of being nice, making conversation. And I said, well, we're from, we're from a little town, Lehigh in, in Utah. And I'm trying to get back there. And it was so, it was just one of those crazy things because she said, I grew up in Lehigh. There's no way. Um, and it was one of those aha moments like, Oh, you're from, you you know, Lehigh, you've lived in Lehigh. That's incredible. So we started talking about growing up in Lehigh and she lived out by the mink farms. and I lived on main street and we kind of knew of the same people. Um, some of the families that had been there for a long time and it was just, um, it's just coincidence, right? You just chalk it up to coincidence. Um, but what a what a small chance that this lady and I were from the same hometown. So she um, took pity on me or whatever you want to call it and decided to look through some of the systems and see what she could do. She gave it another try and she maybe was more surprised than I was. Um, but she found a car. Uh, it had to come from across town, but she found a car and she could get it there. So I was in business. We had a car. We could go back to Utah and 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 spend some time. So we did. We drove back down to Utah, spent another week. Um, <clears throat> and it was an amazing week. Had a great time. Um, obviously, I, I had called my command and got approved for another week of leave, explained the situation, and they were fine with it. So I got that approved. So I didn't have to buy commercial plane tickets, and I had a place to stay. And we had a rental car. And it was just a small thing at this point, you know, having somebody who I knew, um, open their home to us and having somebody who uh, was from the same hometown that went the extra mile to find me a rental car. So small things, but they were kind of adding up. And so we spent another week there and I was checking every day online to see if there were any flights scheduled for the space a to go back to England. Uh, well, the normal schedule, it was an every other week type of schedule um, at this point. So th- there was nothing really scheduled um, leaving back from Fairchild to Milton Hall. But I had to get back. So at the end of our week, we drove up there uh, a little bit of faith that something would be available. It wasn't listed on there um, on their website, but we took the chance, got back to Fairchild and spent the night... Um, obviously they, they had a room and building by then and we were able to get back over to the terminal and we walked in there and, uh, one of the pe- people at the terminal was asking us, um, if, if they could help us. And we, I, I just said, I'm just, I'm here just in case we were hoping it, there was a flight going back to Mildenhall, um, it's not on, on, posted online. And, and she looked, and sure enough, there was one going. So another small coincidence, coincidence right, that, that we were able to get on that plane and go back to Milton Hall. And so I tell you this, and I know a lot of people, if you're like me, sometimes we're a little bit skeptical. And we think, yeah, it was a hard time, but it wasn't anything extreme, a lot of frustration um, but there were some small little coincidences along the way that you identified as, as being help or being miraculous or whatever you want to call it. Um, to me, it meant a lot. To me, I, I saw some help being given to me that um, was, I would say, you know, specifically for me from, from my Heavenly Father. Um, small things, but that, that got my family through. And we were able to have this great visit before I was going to go off to Iraq. And that's what I thought it was. So we fly back home. And we get settled. I go back to work. And a couple days later, it kind of came full circle to me. Um, I was thinking about it a little bit. um, These little things that happened. uh, People that were just kind of placed there to help me and my family. uh, Along on our vacation. But then... I went to bed that night, and about two hours later, after we went to bed, I got a phone call. The phone rang. And I I got out of bed, and I answered the phone, and it was was my sister. And it was very odd that my sister would be calling, because when I'm in town for a visit, we get along. we, we, We have a good time, but we don't really talk on the phone. She was upset and she says, she, she told me, um, dad died. Um, dad's gone. Um, we're, we're all here and we, we wanted you to know. Um, so mom asked if I would call you. So. I did all the things that you're you're supposed to do. I, I told her she, you know, I, after talking to her for a little bit, I told her, I asked her to please call the American Red Cross, let them know that one of my family members had died, and give them the information. Um, I waited till the next morning. Um, I knew there was nothing that could be done at that at that moment. So first thing when I woke up, I called my first sergeant and and my leadership and let them know. And the Air Force aid, um, with my, my, my first sergeant went through the Air Force Aid Society and, and within, you know, um, four or five hours, we had five plane tickets to go back home, um, so that I could attend a funeral. And that was amazing in of itself. The military support that they give you is, is fantastic, but, um, I I realized um, that day that those small little things that happened on my trip home to visit family. Um, yeah, I was frustrated. Yeah, I was worried. But I got a I got to spend an extra week with my father, and my kids got to spend an extra week with their their grandpa. And for us living overseas, that that meant that still means the world to me because we we weren't able to be close at all times and to have that week uh, to to visit with him to be with him that let my kids know him a little bit better um, to be with my mom my sister um, to have that week that extra week means the world to me and after Looking back on it, I realize now that those small little coincidences were a lot more than small little coincidences. That in the moment, they may seem as those small kindnesses that we look for, but it was much, much bigger than that. When when I considered um, the end result, and that really built my testimony. And it was um, not because I was in the military. It happened while I was in the military. Um, but those people I met along the way who had been placed there and how Heavenly Father worked through those people that I knew or that were around me or, um, that I had that connection with to see how he selects people to help us along the way, even just for a moment, it was incredible testimony builder for me. And that's something that I will always look back on throughout my entire life. And I can focus on that when times are hard or maybe when I'm doubting or struggling a little bit with my faith. That's one of those things that I can build back from because it was so meaningful to me and meaningful to my kids and and, and our family. So I wanted to share that experience with you because, um, yeah, the we, we share with the group stuff like, like buying and selling homes or how, how the schools are at a specific duty station or what our job is. And those things are so fun and they're interesting, but we can also share the experiences we have in the military that affect our faith as being members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day saints. And I wanted to share that with you. It's very personal to me, but I wanted to share it because I know people have incredible stories and incredible experiences. Um, that coincide with their time in the military, whether it's a a conversion story or whether it's, in my case, having a chance to spend time with a sick parent. Um, Whatever it is, if we're willing to share those things and we're comfortable sharing those things, then others can maybe look back on their experiences and see how meaningful they really were to them Um, when at first glance it looks like those small coincidences Um, But really, they were they were actually quite large miracles in their personal lives. So again, I want to thank everybody for the group. It's been amazing. It still continues to be amazing. Everybody has contributed. There's never been any any challenges in the group. It's always been good, uplifting and supportive. So I want to take that take an extra uh, extra time now just as a big thank you to everybody who's contributed and everybody who's just been a member. Um, again I hope you enjoy the podcast I'm looking forward to having a lot more people on to share their experiences and with the shiny new coins we got out that's a great uh, thank you I hope I hope you guys can appreciate those um, as a way to say thank you again for your contributions and your willingness to share and help others along their military career and their they're belonging to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, as always, until next episode, thank you for listening. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. And if you want to come on the show or know someone you would like to hear from, please shoot us an email at lds.militarymembers at gmail.com. So until next time, stay safe and thank you for your service.